All right, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone podcast. I am your host, Memphis, at DFF Memphis on Twitter, and you are listening to the People's Dynasty and Fantasy Podcast. Listen, it is so good to be back with everybody uh, after a crazy week of vacation. I appreciate you guys tuning in to the pre-recorded show that I did with JD of the Goat District. It was uh, very nice of him to, to record that with me way back before camps or anything even started. And it's like I said, it's super to be back. I traveled 3,900 miles by RV with my family across nine states. Uh, did see some pretty cool parts of our country, including Mount Rushmore and Yellowstone. Maybe maybe one day or on Twitter or something, I'll, I'll share some pics with everybody. But man, it is good to be back. Football is in full swing. And before I get into my guest and everything that he and I have to break down tonight, I have to tell you about our sponsor, gtbets.eu. So, uh, as always, there's a promo code. You go to gtbets.eu, upper right-hand corner, there's a referred by field. So, the code for that is Warzone. It's always Warzone. Um, Make sure you enter that in. But let me tell you about some of the cool stuff they've got going on right now. So on your initial deposit, that first time we've talked about this before, uh, they match you dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. So you deposit 500 or any amount, say you deposit $100, they're going to double that to 200 Or if you deposit 500 they're going to double that to 1000 And they will also, on a second deposit, they will match you up to 50%. So again, if you deposit 500 bucks, your second deposit, they will match it with a 50%. And that would mean on your second deposit, it would be 750. So uh, a couple other cool things they have going on. They have a favorite team's point discount, and that applies to the NFL, college football, the NBA, and college basketball. You get a free half point on all wagers on two teams in each league mentioned above for the entire regular season. So I'm a Colts fan, so I could get a half a point on the Colts and I could pick a second NFL team, let's say the Chargers. So I get a half point with Indy and the L.A. Chargers. Uh, I'm in Indiana. I'm not really much of a college football fan outside of their players when they become dynasty assets. But let's say Notre Dame and Purdue. I would get a half a point with Notre Dame and Purdue. NBA, let's say uh, Pacers and Bulls, because they're close to where I live. Not a big basketball guy either. But uh, in college basketball, again, we'll say IU and Purdue. Those are the two good basketball programs in the state in which I would reside. I get a free half point on two teams. In, in the NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, that is huge. There are other things. They have a game of the month right now for August, which is Ogre Empire. It's a five-reel 3D uh, slot machine in the casino. There are weekly 10% casino rebates. There's monthly 15% horse racing rebates, you get all of that by simply going to gtbets.eu, everything that I just mentioned, and you can do all of that there. So, next thing I want to get into before I bring my guest, while I was on vacation, when I had Wi-Fi, because the Wi-Fi situation in Yellowstone and that part of the country, not so good. But I did manage to get a tweet out there that we're going to do a listener league uh, with a little trade-off. So, the Listener League is not going to be a one-year hit-it-and-quit-it redraft on ESPN League. I, that's We're a dynasty show. So if we're going to be a dynasty show with dynasty listeners, 
we're going to do a listener dynasty league. We're in this together. We're in this for the long haul. I will continue to be your host. Next week, I will name a mystery. Well, they won't be a mystery then, but they're still a mystery now, co-host, and this person and myself, and as many as we can get in. I, I will go up to 16, but you're probably wondering, how do I get in? Super easy. You go to iTunes, you subscribe, you rate and review the show, and send me a screenshot on Twitter. That simple. You go in to iTunes, even if you're not a iTunes listener, if you listen through Podbean or you know any of the, the podcast apps, that's cool. You can still create an iTunes account, and that helps new people find the show. That's why I'm doing it. The Fantasy Football Fellas, Seth and Kyle did this. They had a great turnout, and... You know, I figure, and if you've already done one, that's cool too. Just send me a picture of the one you've already done, and we'll make sure to get you in as many as we can. So I'll be checking this. Here's the caveat: we have to have at least nine, hoping for twelve. Uh, we'd go up to fifteen. I would take my new co-host and myself would co-run a team to get more people. We'll go up to sixteen. Uh, if we get more than sixteen, maybe we can create two, where my co-host will run one and I'll run one. But just to get back to it, go to iTunes, create an iTunes account, leave us a five-star, and subscribe, and screenshot it to me. And it's that simple. So before I go any further, I want to bring on tonight's guest. Tonight's guest is a fellow member of the at DF underscore network. You can find him over there. He is the co-host of the Rookie Fever podcast, and you can find the Rookie Fever podcast at Rookie Fever on Twitter. His co-host is at DFF underscore Stephanie. He is a member of the at DFF underscore Army. He contributes at the at DFF underscore Debbie. And one last place to find him is at DFF underscore IDP. I don't have the underscore. One of these days, i got to get the underscore. And my guest tonight is Mr. Joshua Johnson. And you can find him, at, ironically, at DFF underscore cog. Josh, welcome to the show. That's right. I'm just a cog in the machine. And you got to earn that underscore, buddy. You I can't afford it, it man. I, I covered this a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. Um, I, I had uh, Shane and Walk. Uh, Walker from the Fantasy 40 podcast, and I'm like, I, I can't afford it. I, apparently, I have not been issued an underscore, <laughs> but I, I'm waiting for the day. So, so listen, tell me and the listeners about your Rookie Fever podcast and all the stuff you've got going on at the Dynasty Football Factory. Well, we're, we're pretty young. I think we've only had six or seven episodes. I think we did the sixth one today, and now I think about it. But, uh, yeah, it's just uh, – we like to say we place a, a hard focus on next level translation uh, and just kind of looking at rookie values, uh, both historically and, you know, 2017, 2018, that type of thing. Just kind of looking at seeing what, uh, what, what we can learn from rookies and, and, and how that affects their value moving forward. So we really just, we really as a dynasty network here at dff we really kind of want to cover all of our bases and that's kind of why we dove into this rookie fever thing just to uh just to really get into that and really you know and we're i mean it's we're not going to talk about saquon barkley every week for 30 minutes you know we're going to talk about everybody today we talked about uh impact rookie offensive linemen who believe it or not that makes an impact on your fantasy team 
No, absolutely. As a, as a Colts fan, we were talking off-air before we started, and we were talking about the two two of the offensive linemen the Colts drafted in the monster that is Quentin Nelson and someone else I'm excited about in Braden Smith. And you don't get a lot of podcasts that, you know, everything's a cause and effect out there, whether that's Dynasty or anything. And, you know, the 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 effect of these offensive linemen are going to cause whoever ends up being the Colts running backs, whether that's Naheem Hines or Marlon Mack, uh, I'm missing one. Oh, Jordan Wilkins. Wilkins. Yeah, Jordan Wilkins. It's going to impact and have a positive effect on whoever that person is, and that positive effect translates to fantasy points. So I, I think that's a very useful thing. I listen to the show. Uh, you you cannot get enough information on these rookies because the news changes every day. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And with uh, training camps and preseason underway, we get a lot more news. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you for the nice segue. Well, let's let's jump into the news because we do have a a very packed show of of things to cover tonight. So this first story, I'm going to it's going to have four arms because it's it's all about Cleveland wide receivers with the leadoff story. The first wide receiver formerly of Cleveland is Corey Coleman. He was traded for a bucket of beans and a seventh round pick and he was shipped (laughs) off to Buffalo where he should be able to compete for the wide receiver one job. No, no offense to Zay Jones or Kelvin Benjamin, but I don't think those guys are huge roadblocks in the way of Corey Coleman. Maybe being able to reach his potential. My, my fear is that he's a Texas guy. He went to Baylor in, in, the, in, in the cold weather that is Buffalo. But but how do you see this shaking out? He's still a young guy. I mean, he's missed a lot of times with some hand injuries. So, so how do you see this transition from Coleman going – from Cleveland to Buffalo. <laughs> uh, I think my buddy Tom said it best on Twitter when he said, to answer all your Coley Coleman fantasy questions, no. <laughs> just no. Uh, I I don't know. It's just, it's going to be it's a hard transition for a guy that really hasn't been able to even stay healthy so far in his NFL career. Now he's going to a team that doesn't like to throw the ball downfield. I mean, we know Josh Allen's got a, a, a better deep arm, uh, but, you know, is it an accurate one? And, and I think it's when when you're already coming from a system like Baylor that is already really simplified, now you're going to another system when you only have a month to learn it. I just don't really expect much of an impact from him this year. I think it could be better moving forward, but I I think we might just be – seeing the, a journeyman out of Corey Coleman here. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on another team in two years. And and that's a very, very fair statement. And this is the time where if you're the current Corey Coleman owner, now is a, is a good sell window. You've got positive news. If you're a Corey Coleman buyer, it's not the time. If you've always wanted to get a share, prices go up. This is good news. Good news causes price to go up. Speaking of prices going up, it looks like Dez isn't taking Cleveland that seriously. I don't know if it's that he does not think Cleveland's coming with enough money because they still have plenty of salary cap to make Dez a legitimate offer, or Dez just wants to be on a contender at this point in his career. But as a guy who's still sitting on one Dez share, and we just talked about looking for good news, I'm looking for some good news with Dez so I can move him and try to get any kind of a of you know, a recoup on that initial investment. Something's better than nothing. And we're going into preseason week one games 
this week, and he's still not even on a roster. Are you nervous about Dez? Is he even going to get a job unless there's like a major injury? Uh, you know, I don't know. It just I think history has told us this is not going to work out. I mean, the Reggie Wayne, I mean, we've seen that happen with Reggie Wayne. I mean, obviously, James Jones was a was a, a a positive, but did he 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 never had the the fanfare or the you know the the dominance that uh, at Des once had, and it's 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 very well apparent that Des has lost a step over the last couple of years or two. I just I just don't see unless unless it's like a major injury. I think unless somebody loses like a like a, a wide receiver one like a like an art like an AJ Green or or Julio, you know, heaven forbid, or like a Mike Evans. I think if, unless one of those types of players goes down, I just don't think anybody's going to give him a chance. I, he's not the easiest person to get along with, and uh, he's certainly lost his step. It's not like it's uh, T.O. who really showed flashes of dominance everywhere he went. Uh, you know, he hasn't been healthy for full season since when, and I, I, I guess I would be surprised one if he gets if he gets somewhere but i would be totally surprised if he actually gets on a team and makes a huge impact i agree and you know what's funny i didn't think about this when i was putting the show notes together but aaron rodgers today voiced displeasure with his young rookie wide receivers and the wide receiver core in general outside of devonte adams and i just thought to myself des bryant needs a veteran quarterback that's not afraid to tell des to check himself i can't figure out why green bay has not reached out to him i i thought it would be a good fit des does like the back shoulder throw aaron rodgers did everything but practically invent that throw with jordy and it seems like a natural fit but i tell you what i'll tell you what else is a natural fit and that's antonio callaway and marijuana because he was cited for it again he had marijuana issues and i, I say that jokingly he had marijuana issues coming into the combine from his time when he was in college. And he was cited for marijuana possession and driving on a suspended license. And then subsequent after that, there was a story where he said that the marijuana wasn't his and that the, <laughs> car, yeah, the dog ate my homework, if you will. And he said that he had his car shipped from Florida to Cleveland and someone else uh, left that marijuana in there. If that's not the dog ate my homework excuse, I don't know what, what is. I was never super high on him. It's weird because I, I sound very hypocritical because I'm a big Josh Gordon fan, and I, I know this kid is uber talented. I just I'm, I'm, I don't know. Maybe because I saw Josh Gordon hang like what was it 16 and 14, 1600 yards and 14 TDs on us a few years back. I'm not exposed to Callaway anywhere on any of my rosters. Where are you at with this Antonio Callaway and marijuana and the dog ate my homework? Well, I don't own any shares. I was kind of coming slowly coming around to him and then a little bit more intrigued by him after the Coleman Coleman trade. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to need a whole lot of marijuana when he gets released. I mean, or, or suspended. I don't know. I just, and I, I, ironically for, for somebody like this who has a history of getting in trouble, a suspension is the worst thing you could do to this guy because you're just going to give him more free time. You know, I, I, I hope that so far, you know, Martavius Bryant and Josh Gordon, who we're going to talk about here in just a second, those guys, I mean, we've heard rumors and stuff, but so far they're still active NFL players. They're not under any suspension, and that's the positive. And if you remember Justin Blackman from, you know, the, the Jaguars a few years back, 
and his went the, the complete opposite way. I hope this guy, I hope Cleveland, and I think it would be a good redemption story, maybe good for Josh Gordon to wrap his arms around this guy and maybe help him if he does have an issue like this. But I do want to talk about Josh Gordon because Cleveland did a really cool thing the other day. Josh Gordon would be eligible for a restricted free agency in, after the end of the 2018 season going into 2019. But there was a thing where, you know, he was on the do not report list versus the non-football injury list. And they moved him to make sure that he would not lose his free agent, his restricted free agent eligibility next spring. This is something Cleveland didn't have to do. It shows the full support of this player to the team. I still think he's, my, my opinion on the Josh Gordon situation is that they're trying to keep him away from hard knocks. I think it was a really nice thing done by the organization with, with their general manager and their owner. And I'm still rooting for Josh Gordon, A, because I have a couple of shares still out there. But, B, I just I love watching the guy play football. How are you on Josh Gordon? Uh, well, I, I don't own any shares. Um, but, I, yeah, I mean, I, I hope whatever's going on with him right now is all, all for the better. You know, he's certainly deserving – you know, it's it's not very often that we see uh, somebody who's been in trouble really take responsibility for it, like like Gordon has. So I, I'm I'm certainly rooting for the kid, but I I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I can trust him on a fantasy roster personally. That's fine, and we're gonna do some some redraft content here on the Dynasty Wars, and I know we're a Dynasty based show, and we're gonna do some redraft stuff. But one of the things that I I believe in, and this is in any format. Is that you got to have a little risk on oh, your yeah. on your roster? If you try to play it safe, you're going to get crushed. If you, if you try to go get too risky, you're going to get crushed. But you've you've got to have a guy like a Josh Gordon. You know Doyle Brunson, the famous poker player. I believe it was Doyle Brunson said, "Sometimes you got to go out on a limb because that's where the fruit is." And if Josh Gordon, <laughs> you go out, you go out on that Josh Gordon limb, and the fruit's there. I mean, we've seen what this guy can do. So I'm all about it. But let's talk about another wide receiver, and that's Doug Baldwin. He's currently inactive due to some knee issues, but Pete Carroll expects him to be ready for week one, which is both reassuring and the fact that that's the head coach saying that he expects him to be ready for week one. But I can't think of a bigger liar in the NFL than Pete Carroll. So are you taking this with a grain of salt? Does this give you, you know, is this good news for you? Where are you at with, with Baldwin and this knee? Uh, well, First, I do feel like that's a little bit of coach speak and way too early to tell. Uh, but, you know, Baldwin is a veteran, so it's not like he needs the preseason. Um, I, I think historically he's a guy that takes good care of himself. So I I guess I wouldn't be too worried about it, but I'm also not shying away from grabbing some Jaron Brown shares too. And, you know, Josh, no, not, not Josh Gordon. We've talked about Josh Gordon enough. Doug Baldwin, I don't believe he's ever missed a game in his career. So he's a, he's a pretty tough guy. So I'm banking on the player and not on the coach speak. His track record speaks for himself. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I actually hope that this news continues to push his redraft. I still have a, a redraft league out there that I'll be drafting later in August that I would love to scoop him up late You know, as people are hesitant about him. But I do have some more wide receiver news, but let's transition away from the wide receivers. And let's talk about another person with a knee issue, and that's Sony Michelle. He recently went under a knee procedure that I read was a knee drain, and that he's going to be out at least 10 days. But 
you know, I this goes back to the draft. You know, there was rumors leaked with him about knee issues coming out of college, and then now all of a sudden we have this. This this makes me. I don't have any Sony shares that I that I'm aware of. You know, you play in enough leagues, you might have one out there somewhere. <laughs> but but uh, I do have Rex Burkhead shares, and he was listed as the RB one. So where are you at with this New England backfield? Um, I do have a couple Sony shares, and and I'm I'm pretty high on him actually. Obviously, this is not good news, um, but I think I think in one way it's good that he happened now and that he has time to recover. But unfortunately, it's not going to help him climb to the top of that depth chart, um, and it's certainly not going to help him uh, get short yardage carries, uh, you know, or are those goal line carries. So uh, maybe we're just looking at more of a limited role for him but I, I i do think he's the most talented back they've had in in new england probably since Corey dillon so i i'm excited to see him at full speed um unfortunately we just don't know when that's going to be yet I, w- I would be really surprised to see him play in any preseason games yeah he's definitely out the, this first one and i'm high on sony i took him and i did a mock draft with john debari at debari 22 on twitter uh, on his podcast, the Fantasy Forty, where we did a, a mock draft, where I took Sony Michelle above Darius Geis at the 102, and I really believe in this kid's talent. I saw what Deion Lewis did in that offense last year. He might be a buy low. This is, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, when news is good, when news is bad, when to strike. This might be your time to strike. Maybe you can get him for a discount. So if you're a believer like Josh and myself, now might be the time. So I got two more stories real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna blend a couple of stories together, and we're gonna talk about how uh, Chris Godwin. Actually, we call him Chris Godwin Sheps around here. That's <laughs> that's one of John Sheps' ad- ad- adopted players. So uh, Chris Godwin is expected to start on the outside with Mike Evans, and they're gonna kick Djax into the slot. That's Deshaun Jackson for you that are not familiar with the the nickname Djax. I think this is a good thing. I, I've invested a little bit this offseason in Chris Godwin. I really like the talent, and I like the fact that he draws defensive back to coverage. There's some pretty talented defensive backs in the NFC South, whether you're talking about Marsh, uh, Marcus Lat- Marshawn Lattimore in New Orleans and uh, Trufant in Atlanta. So there, there's some, some the worst cornerbacks, are ironically, on his team. So he'll be drawing number two defensive backs on a team that I – Kind of feel like we'll be behind, so I, I like this as good news, and I've got Djax on one best ball team, so I'm kind of fired up about this news. How are you with Godwin and Deshaun Jackson? Uh, I'm trying to get Godwin shares; it's just not happening for me. Um, I Deshaun is 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 the player to own in best ball. I, 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 you got a good share there, but yeah, that's that's about it because you just. Uh, you just never know. I mean, he's and he's had some pretty phenomenal seasons. So it, it's, but he's also getting up there in age, and I think the the writings on the wall when they when they limit his snaps to the slot uh, for for his career, unfortunately, and that's not saying he's going to totally suck this year, but I think there's certainly certainly a limit on him, uh, uh, and I think there's still kind of a limit on everybody in that offense with all the weapons they got going on, you know, add Ronald Jones to the mix. Chuck Sims is still there. Uh, Barber's maybe the goal line back. And then, you know, I think Mike Evans is really the only safe guy in this offense, but I'm excited to see what Godwin can do with more snaps. 
I agree. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the NFC South, are one of the earlier divisional breakdowns we did well before camp. We've been doing this for eight weeks now. And the one thing about this team is that that's what gives me pause about Mike Evans being as high as he's taken in startups right now. It's not that I dislike the talent. I want to make sure I make that very clear. But that's a lot of mouths to feed. I mean, we talked about Godwin. We talked about Deshaun Jackson. There's still Adam Humphreys there. They've got two really good tight ends and O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray. Uh, we know they use Chuck Sims in the backfield. We don't know what Barber and Ronald Jones. I mean, that's a lot of talented players. It should be a banger offense. You really think, I just don't know that Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzmagic is going to lock on to Mike Evans and he's going to get the targets that a DeAndre Hopkins gets or that a you know, a really high-end elite wide receiver one. But I'm not going to go down the Mike Evans rabbit hole. It always gets me in trouble. But let's talk <laughs> about one last controversial wide receiver, and that's Odell Beckham Jr. and his contract situation. It was leaked today that some of the initial offers from the Giants were not even meeting the $16 million a year range, average, I guess you would say, of that Sammy Watkins got with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I will just throw my bit on it before I hand it over to Josh. A, just because Kansas City may have made a bad contract decision with Sammy Watkins doesn't mean that the Giants have to. And if and I'm not saying that it's bad to offer Odell Beckham Jr. a contract. What I would do, and it would be better for Odell, and it would be better for the Giants, is I would offer him a shorter length contract, maybe not a five-year or something like uh, Stephon Diggs and Brandon Cooks have got this offseason. I would offer him more of that Kirk Cousins type contract where it's three years, where the bulk majority of it is guaranteed, maybe uh, three years, $48 million with, you know, 38, 40 of it guaranteed. You, you know, at that point, he'd be 28, and he would be in line for another really nice payday, and then he wouldn't put himself in a position of a Julio Jones who had to quote unquote, basically threatened to hold out to get a $2 million a year contract modification. I just see that if I'm the general manager of the Giants, I'd be looking to give him more guaranteed money, which is what all the players want, on, 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 a, shorter, on a shorter contract. How, how do you see Odell Beckham, and what, what scenario would you be looking to play out if you were the GM of the Giants? Well, it's hard because on one hand, I think you you got to pay the players that you know can – bring you places um and you want to keep him happy <laughs> obviously but it's you also don't want to show some as a gm you don't want to show vulnerability in, in some aspects but i mean we are talking you know about a top five player in the nfl uh yes he's had a few few injuries but i mean when healthy there's there's few guys that dominate like odell and this we saw what this team was like without him last year. So, I mean, you got to pay him and not, you don't, you don't lowball a guy like this. You just, he's just way too talented. He's way outperformed even your first round draft pick on him. So I think, I think that they got to give in, but uh, they, they maybe went at it about the wrong way already. Yeah. You don't ever want to, he's a guy who's, you know, I think he wants the money, but he's also got the pride thing too. So, I hope they, they get that all worked out and he gets that done. One of these days, I'm going to get the. So I've got some and I'm not ready to break them out yet, but we're going to start having drops like Jernigan used to have. And the one that I'm going to get is going to be from Rounders, where uh, Teddy KGB says, Pay that man, pay that man his money. 
that's going to be our contract drop here on the new war zone. <laughs> but I, I'm ready to break down the, the NFC West, the last. And I apologize to Josh off air, but I want to do it on air too. This man is a Raiders fan. He is a member of hashtag <laughs> Raiders Nation. And I brought this poor guy on during the NFC West as opposed to the AFC West. But I had to do that in advance before uh, I went on vacation out there in the wilderness and darkness. But we're going to go with the AFC, I'm sorry, excuse me, the NFC West. And I'll kick it off with the Rams. And these have gotten a little bit shorter because you, the listener, have gotten a little bit smarter. Uh, I'll just kind of go over how they finished last year. This was the 10th best overall offense last year. They were the 10th best passing offense at 240 yards a game, the 8th best rushing offense overall at 129, and they were the number one team in all the NFL in points scored at 478 and average points a game at uh, 29.9. Let's call it 30 points a game. Now, to be fair, they did. I think they hung 200 of these points on my Colts in the opening part of the <laughs> season with uh, Scott Tolzien under center before we had uh, Jacoby Brissett up and running. But I want to, do want to talk about their quarterback, and that's Jared Goff. He finished number 12 overall last year. And I think, you know, it could have been better from a points-on-the-season standpoint. He only played 15 games. He set out that 16th game as they had everything locked up that they could have. He was actually 11th in points per game. Uh, the, the one thing that both gives me pause, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk out of both sides of my mouth, is that he plays the 7th toughest quarterback schedule in 2018. But, you know, he did play the eighth toughest schedule last year. And in, in his second year, they've, they've moved some weapons around. I, I still like golf. I'll talk about my buys and sells at the end. Let's go to Todd Gurley. I, don't, I, would, I would like to get an estimate. If there's any way MFL and everybody could, could get me an estimate of how much money Todd Gurley won fantasy football players last year. This man averaged 25.6 PPR points a game. Uh that was a three-point per game average better than Le'Veon Bell, who was number two overall. The one thing, and, and guys, don't don't get crazy with the cheese whiz. Todd Gurley is still the man. But he has the toughest schedule for a running back in 2018. So if you're in your redraft league, like I said, I've got mine coming up later in the month, and you're on the board, and that's one thing you can look at. Throw this stuff in, in the Google machine. That's how I found this information. Google. Toughest running back schedule for 2018. Google, I, I tried to throw this at you, but that might be a decision maker for you. I want to kick it over to the wide receivers, and that's uh, we'll start with Cooper Cup because he's my favorite. He actually led this wide receiver group in targets last year with 94, uh, a stat that my good friend uh, Kyle, at KyleFFL, is on Twitter from the Fantasy Football Fellowship. He mentions this a lot, that he was Cooper Cup was third last year in red zone targets. And I don't see Cooper Cup as Wes Welker or Julian Edelman. I see Cooper Cup developing that Jordy Nelson role with Jared Goff. And I think they'll be the two best friends that anyone could have. And this guy is six foot two, and he'll be their best red zone option, at least of the wide receivers, in my opinion. Robert Woods had a pretty good year last year. He had, you know, he only played 12 games due to a shoulder injury, but he had 85 targets. If you peel that back a little bit, that's seven a game. Seven games pretty good. It's not quite DeAndre Hopkins' number of targets, but that's pretty good. I think he'll be impacted by the bringing in of Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks comes over from the New England Patriots via the New Orleans Saints, and he was wide receiver 15 last year. 
But as much as I can say nice things about Goff, he's on the worst quarterback of his career. There's nowhere to go but down when you started your career with Drew Brees and then you went to Tom Brady and now it's Jared Goff. And I consider New England and New Orleans to be two pretty well-run organizations and both of these teams passed on him. And But he's going to be in L.A. and he's going to be in L.A. for a while. So good luck there. Uh, wide receiver strength of schedule is 20th overall, so they're you know kind of toward the middle. I don't have a lot on, on the tight ends. I do like Gerald Everett. I think the natural assumption was, was when they drafted him in 2016 that he was going to take that Jordan Reed role. But, excuse me, I haven't seen that yet. So just a real quick recap. Players I'm buying are Cooper Cup and Gerald Everett. And the reason why I'm both, in both buying both of those gentlemen is that I see their prices going up this time next year. And the, my sells are Jared Goff, and I'm selling Jared Goff because I don't think that he can repeat a QB1 performance. I, I think you can get a nice haul for him in Superflex Leagues. Yes, I'm selling Todd Gurley. And and bear with me, again, I like Todd Gurley. I think Todd Gurley's great. I love the fact that he's involved in the passing game. But I talked about his, his tough schedule. And if and this is, we, 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 we play this game on social media with Dynasty Twitter, and any negative information is perceived as a setback. So I don't think Todd Gurley will be worth as much this year. Obviously, if you're going to move Gurley, you got to get everything you can, and that would be the same for Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. I think those two guys kind of, uh, you know, fit the same role, and I would much rather have Cooper Cup at his current ADP. And remember, this is not an indictment of the talent of these four gentlemen. It's simply the fact that I don't think their value will be as high next year. And if their value is not as high next year, you've lost equity. So that is my recap of the Rams. Josh, you have anything on the Rams and then give us one of your two teams. Um, just a couple thoughts. Um, Gurley won me some money last year. Actually helped me have Hallelujah. undefeated season. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, him and Kareem Hunt together uh, with really no backup, so I'm glad they both stayed healthy. Uh, and, you know, I hear what you're saying about Brandon Cooks, and I've heard that kind of brought up a lot, a lot that, he, you know, teams don't want him, but he is quite the personality. He's not maybe as outspoken as, like, like an Odell or, like, a Dez, uh, but I also think that's maybe for a reason – we haven't really seen those types of players in New Orleans or in New England, you know, and look, New England had Randy Moss for one year and then he was gone, you know, even considering all the, all the great numbers he put up. So they, they obviously kept a, a bottle on him and they, they thought they probably did potentially did the same thing to cooks, but they were ultimately got to, were able to move on from him. So I just don't think he meshed well with the culture. I think LA is actually a really good place for him. And and I, I've really liked this kid since his years at uh, Oregon state. So I think, I think he's, I think he's in a good situation there and, and, and the right circumstance there uh, in the city of angels. So, uh, but other, other than that, I think you make some good points there. Um, I can move on to San Francisco. Um, I could get, get all the ranks in here, but you know, it really wouldn't matter because this team had three different quarterbacks. So that's not going to, not going to really tell the true story. They, they did, they were 20th in points four, uh, but ironically they were 12th in yards. So they, they had a little bit of trouble putting, 
putting the ball in the end zone. But again, three different quarterbacks with Bethard, Hoyer, and uh, and of course uh, Jimmy G, who ultimately started the the last five games and and, and went five and zero. Interestingly enough, you know we're already tonight. Jimmy G is the next great thing, but his interception to excuse me, touchdown to interception rate was just seven to five last year. So that's not like it's some grand plan. Granted, he was not playing with a, uh, a full deck of wide receivers, so to speak, missing uh, Pierre Garçon, but uh, just, just some food for thought there on the, on the 49ers and what they were able to do last year. Um, uh, I also feel like Jimmy Jesus, that his value might not, might be too high to not capitalize on right now, if that makes sense. I think, He's like we all think he like I said the next greatest thing. So uh, if if he is not a top five quarterback this year, he's like you said with uh, with uh, Gurley, you you could potentially lose equity. So I mean I know it's it seems weird, but you're gonna get a lot more than for Jimmy G than you would let's say you know like a, a rookie quarterback or a second year quarterback probably just because we all think what he can do. Um. As far as the running backs go, I I just don't believe Jerick McKinnon can be an RB one. I know they're paying him paying him like so, but they could also get out of that contract. Um, uh, I actually sold him for two thousand two thousand nineteen first already, so I'm pretty happy uh, there considering I I owned him since he got since uh I we drafted that that league was the start of the year. He was a rookie, so I was glad to get that back in the churn. But I just I just think there's going to be limitations, and I think you're going to see a, a, a committee there. Uh, Matt Breida, uh, he's still very intriguing to me. 126 touches last year, produced um, 645 scrimmage yards, which is 5.1 yards per touch, which I thought was pretty impressive. Um, Joe Joe Williams, I think he's going by Joseph Williams now, and Jeremy McNichols. Uh, kind of speculative ads there in, in deeper leagues. Just see what happens with the preseason, but certainly some guys to keep your eye on. Uh, wide receivers, Pierre Garçon, very dependable player. He is an age and health risk, but uh, he also might be a nice cheap ad if you're a contender right now. You could maybe throw somebody like a second or third round pick next year if you really think you can contend. Because I think this guy could be in that hundred target, uh, hundred target market this year. Um, he is a ten-year vet, but he's had five seasons with at least hundred and eleven targets, and he's also had another one with ninety-two targets. And he had sixty-seven targets in just eight games last year prior to the injury. So he he's a guy that can really absorb some targets. And uh, granted, he had Peyton Manning for a lot of those years. I'm sure you're familiar with that, uh, Randy. There being a Colts fan, but uh, I have heard of him. Yes. Uh, Marquise Goodwin seems to be the incumbent number two. Uh, his 53.3 catch percentage, um, not not the greatest, but kind of typical for that, for that deep threat. Uh, Jimmy G seemed to favor him last year, but that's also because he had really no other veteran to throw to. Um, I think he is a deep threat. Um, however, with just eight touchdowns in 55 career games. I don't know how excited we can really get about him. I think his ultimate ceiling would be a guy like a Kenny Stills. Um, he's certainly not a Deshaun Jackson. I mean, a good one's maybe one of the fastest players in the league, uh, but uh, they they also brought in some wide receivers. They got, they got Trent Taylor, uh, who was produced, who produced really nicely last year. And they brought in um, 
Dante Pettis and and Richie James. So they, there's certainly some competition there. Now Taylor Pettis and James all see kind of seem like slot players, uh, but so that's certainly an uh, another situation to keep your eye on. Whoever gets the most targets out of those three, and I really do think it's up in the air. I really think Richie James, if he's healthy, could make an impact for any any offense in this league. So we'll see who who gets the most targets out of that third wide receiver. But I'm I'm more intrigued by those three guys that I am in terms of uh, the dynasty value of a guy like uh, Goodwin. Uh, the tight end, George Kibble, Kittle, Kittle, not Kibble, excuse me. Kittle was very viable last year. Uh, 43 res, receptions on 63 targets. Uh, uh, but will he be good enough? And I think he might be good enough, actually, to be a TE2. But I just really don't think um, he's going to be ever, ever going to be better than that. And uh, I am an IDP guy, so a little uh, IDP bubba bonus. Jimmy Ward is a guy that you need to grab in your IDP leagues. He's currently a cornerback on my fantasy league, but uh, my buddies at the Edge Crushers podcast have told me he's kind of going to be their utility player. He might even place a linebacker, but he's going to be a cornerback. So there's going to be listing at, at a quarterback. So there's going to be plenty of tackle opportunity for Jimmy Ward. He's relatively free right now perfect bi-week filler and then maybe a guy that you want to keep in your uh, lineup uh, a little bit more than that so that's what I got on the San Francisco 49ers well I will start with the quarterback and I'm with you on Jimmy G I I mean his spot in ADP right now is just ridiculous and if even in a super flex if I could I, I know I could I, I've seen it done you you could get Matt Stafford and change by changing me maybe a draft pick maybe a developmental player if you give me Matt Stafford, a guy who's averaged 4,200 yards and 21-plus touchdowns over the last six or seven seasons, for a guy with a, a handful of career starts under his belt, regardless of who his offensive coordinator is, I'm about that action. Again, this is about dynasty and equity and, and you know building for, for some long-term resorts. With you, I, I'm the same way on Jarek McKinnon. He, he could be as good as the running back one overall in the season. I, I have no doubt that that's capable. But we did an episode a while back with uh, Addison Hayes, and we were talking about players with that dog in them. And dogs, D-A-W-G. Just that <laughs> nasty football player. I mean, and I don't think Jerick McKinnon has any dog in him. When he had his opportunities at the brass ring to take that running back job in Minnesota, whether it was when Adrian Peterson got hurt or last year when Dalvin Cook got hurt, and he didn't. He was still losing reps last year to Latavius Murray, the year before to Matt Asiata, the ass man himself. And I just don't think he has that dog in him. It's great that he's got a great bench press and he's fast. But l let's see him hold off Matt Breda, who would be one of my buys on the team. My, my guy is Dante Pettis. Uh, Matt Waldman of the Rookie Scouting Portfolio turned me on to him back on the old show with John and MJ. And, uh, you know, so I'm not a big college guy. I do so much stuff with my, my day job and uh, the podcast and dealing with the NFL. I don't have a lot of time to watch college football. So I went back and watched Pettis, and I'm a fan. You know, I see a little T.Y. Hilton there. I see a little uh, Tyreek Hill there. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's listed at 6'1", 186, which is not huge. But, you know, depending on how they use him, he could – he could be pretty handy, so he's one of my favorite rookies, and I'm with you on uh, George Kittles. Uh, is it Kittles or Kittle? I don't know. Kittle. 
Kittle. All right, yeah, like Kittles and Bits is what the fellas call him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just can't really think of the tight end that Kyle Shanahan has made a, a household name. But then again, the tight end position is a dumpster fire. So for him to be a tight end one, I mean, those spots from number four through 12 are pretty much wide open once you get past Gronk and Ertz and uh, Kelsey. So uh, I, I like the 49ers preview, and I, I'm with you. So I'm going to go to the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are one of the hardest teams I had to break down during this entire thing because their quarterbacks are both brand new. Their offensive coordinators brand new. Uh, they're getting DJ back. They are getting Larry Fitz back. And uh, then we'll talk about the tight ends. Overall, this offense last year was the 22nd best offense in the league. And they were doing better than that earlier in the season with Carson Palmer at the helm. And then he got hurt and subsequently retired. They were the 15th best overall passing offense. Uh, but they were only the 30th best rushing offense, I think, which makes sense when you lose your your stud running back in David Johnson one game in. That's going to happen. And this offense only scored 295 points or 18.4 per you know, I look at the quarterbacks, and I like both Josh Rosen and Sam Bradford. I think Sam Bradford, I hope, I hope all these rookie quarterbacks, not just Rosen, but all these guys get the Patrick Mahomes treatment. You know, Phil Philip Rivers sat for two years behind Drew Brees, and it didn't hurt him one bit. And I would love for Bradford if he can stay healthy, because that's not what he does. He gets hurt. Makes a lot of money, but state does not stay healthy. But I would love for Bradford to do it. I went back and looked at their new offensive coordinator, Mike McCoy. And his four years in L.A. with the aforementioned Phil Rivers, Phil was QB6, QB6, QB12, and QB14. Man, that's, a, that's not bad. That's a, that's a middle-of-the-road to back-end RB1. And Bradford's had some good seasons. He set a completion percentage record a couple years back in Minnesota. And I think it would do good for him to be the starter and Rosen to back up. You move to the running back position and absolutely one of, if not my favorite. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. DJ is my favorite running back in the league right now. I'm very high on Saquon Barkley. I like Gurley. But DJ's my guy. I've invested in DJ across a lot of leagues. DJ is the only player in PPR to score 400 points in a season since LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006 and yes Gurley was close last year he scored 397 I believe and he didn't play week 15 well guess what David I'm sorry excuse me week 17 David Johnson didn't get to play week 17 either because that was the, the game where he hurt his knee real early on his MCL that year so uh, yes Gurley is good but he, he didn't get to the 400 plateau I just the offense runs through this guy um, I still think a thousand yards rushing and receiving are still in the realm of possibility, as is 80 to 100 catches. So I'm all about David Johnson. I hope the man gets paid. Uh, speaking of another man that, that I'm a big fan of, and that's Larry Fitzgerald. He's had Since he's moved to the slot, he's had three straight seasons of 107-plus catches. That was just the veteran move. And there's no reason why this guy has to retire. But the, the guy that wants Larry to retire and there could be lots of them because that could be anyone who drafted Christian Kirk thinking that he's going to replace Larry next year. Uh, they'll move him around. I know they brought in Bryce Butler and they got Chad Williams. But Larry Fitzgerald's the, the wide receiver of record. Uh, I do like Christian Kirk, but I'm uh, un, un, unsure of his role early. So I think Christian Kirk will disappoint the, the dynasty owner that expects a big return on that, you know, that 111 rookie pick. 
this past year, and you might be able to buy him in the offseason. Uh, the player that I'm most intrigued by, and he is the official tight end of the Dynasty Warzone, that is Ricky Seals Jones. I love, I love Ricky Seals Jones. I went and did a little research. We talk about Mike McCoy earlier, the new offensive coordinator. His four years in the LA Chargers as the head coach and play caller. Uh, in 13, they had the tight end nine. In 14, they had the tight end three. In 15, the tight end 12. And in 16, the tight end 12. Now, the pro is that Mike McCoy, the new offensive coordinator, produced a tight end one in four straight seasons. The con is that that tight end is Hall of Famer to be Antonio Gates. But you can see where with Sammy Biscuits, who fed Kyle Rudolph 132 targets back in 2016 at quarterback, it, it, it could be a recipe for success. I've got Ricky Seals-Jones, another player that I have in a lot of spots, including my Scott Fishbowl team because it's a tight end premium. Remember that that hashtag Scott Fishbowl 8. Go over to Fantasy Cares. I'll just I'll work it in. What the heck? And uh, so I'm buying I'm buying Rosen especially in Superflex. A big fan. I I don't think you're going to get the upside in the ceiling of a of a Lamar Jackson, but I think he's got a super safe floor. Uh, I'm buying Fitz on a contender and I'm buying Ricky Seals Jones all day long because we just talked about how bad the tight end position was. I'm selling Bradford in a super flex to the Rosen owner. You need that good news that Rosen's going to start the season on a bench. Maybe the Rosen owner drafted uh, Rosen to be his second or third quarterback, and he's going to need you know, someone in that super flex league. Maybe you can get a nice sell high and get rid of Bradford. And then I have a hold on David Johnson with, a, with an eye on selling in 2019. I think he's going to have a great season. And I mean just a great, great season. But I think his value will be a little bit higher next year. And I think the, the gap between the 2018 season ending and the 2019 season starting, uh, if he does what I think he does, will be your best window to sell. And then I'm also holding Christian Kirk, as I think his value will spike with any Larry Fitzgerald retirement news. So that, that's my breakdown on the cards. Josh, what do you think? And then uh, let's wrap it up with the Seattle Sea Chickens. Uh, didn't Ricky Seals Jones get into some trouble this summer? Yeah, some... but 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 kind of like Christian Kirk got in trouble this summer. Okay. You know, he got in trouble at the golf outing, allegedly drunk, whatever. Ricky Seals Jones had to take a poo at a hotel restaurant bar in Arizona, and they wouldn't let him do it. And so allegedly he shoved a waiter, but. You know how these things go. I, th I think the charges will be dropped. There's no suspension levied yet. I mean, we're, we're four weeks away. I, I'm still all in. I, 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 think, uh, I think that between McCoy and Sammy Biscuits, I think this will be his year. But, yeah, he allegedly, I say allegedly because I don't know, he's not been convicted of anything, uh, yeah. allegedly shoved a, a waiter to go use the bathroom. And he, when you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I uh, – I... I love what you're saying about DJ too. Um, he is 27 years old already. So I think I he's mean, 26 that's... soon to be 27, something like yeah. that for sure. So yeah, but yeah, you're not going to get the full value out of him now coming up at injury season. Um, but I also think uh, you make good sense with Christian Kirk, where you're going to be able to sell him the moment Larry retires, and I hope Larry never retires. I want to see him out there when he's 55, because he'd still catch 100 balls. He could right? be like Jerry Rice. He could just be out there till he's 40. I mean, yeah. it's going to be a year by year proposition with Larry Fitzgerald because he's such he a, wants he, to come back. Yeah. Absolutely, he's such a smart, intelligent guy, and he's a pro's pro. 
but you just know that the minute that guy hangs it up, there's a uh, there's an analyst job, there's a uh, a pregame show job, just waiting for that guy. So well spoken, so much fun. He's been just an absolute joy for both the NFL fans just watching and for dynasty players and fantasy players for years. Yeah, and just a good a good person too. Just a good face for the for the for the league definitely. Um, but as far as Kurt goes, let's say heaven forbid, and this isn't going to happen, but hypothetically speaking, Larry says, end of the year, I'm done. I'm retiring. Kirk's value totally through the roof. I don't think he's that wide receiver one. I don't, he's not automatically the wide receiver one. They're, they're looking, they're, they're going to be looking for a big, another, maybe not a guy ex, as exciting as Larry, but at least another possession guy that they know can, move the sticks. I just don't think Kirk has that in him. I think he's a great compliment player, but I don't think he's ever going to be that wide receiver one. So if you can capitalize and get a higher pick than you spent on him, I think, I think that's pretty good. Um, and I'm, I'm all in on Josh Rosen. He's probably one of my favorite quarterbacks of the last four or five years. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see him go and where I own him. I got to, uh, I, I have a really bad team, and I was able to trade Tom Brady for Alex Smith and a third. It's just like a one-quarterback league, so Alex Smith is going to be my starting quarterback. I think I also have Josh McCown, but I also have uh, the chosen Rosen, as I like to call him. So I, I'm pretty excited to see what he can do, and he can hopefully – and Alex Smith is actually a, a pretty safe play, as our guys at the Capology podcast told me, for the next three or four years. So I'm excited to see – uh, what Rosen can do, but I, I'm, I'm glad that I have a nice younger backup plan than certainly Tom Brady, who is wasting away on a cellar-dweller team I had. You still there, Randy? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. Okay. You're, you're okay. good to go. Yeah, I'm a good I host. I'm about the Seahawks, I'm sorry. The Sea uh, Chickens. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Russell Wilson's a safe stud. Um no matter what's around him, he just seems to be a top five option yearly. Uh, he might, I think he might see a small touchdown aggression this year. Uh, we talked a little bit about the Baldwin news last year. Um, uh, but he also, especially if this team actually finds a running game, uh, he might, uh, he might see a little bit small aggression in TD passes. Uh, he did lead this team in rushing attempts last year with 95. Uh, Eddie Lacy, who was on this team for like six games, was second with 69 attempts, and Mike Wallace was third with 68 attempts. So, <laughs> uh, not an impressive uh, bunch. I don't think any offensive coordinator is going to say be okay, even if it is a Russell Wilson with your team leading by 30, with your quarterback leading your team by 30 in rushing attempts. So, I, I, I see a little bit of a touchdown regression, but the guy, the guy is awesome. I. I, I'm sure I've referenced this before in some other podcasts, but I remember watching him play a Monday night game against Washington, and they were just beating the snot out of the Redskins. And there, he he would he would take like 12, 15 step drops, and Redskins D, D linemen are just flopping all over the place trying to get their hands on this guy. And, and I just remember putting my hands up thinking, this guy is going to be great he's going to win a super bowl someday and he and he did i mean he's just a, a phenomenal player and so fun to watch uh and another good person you know we don't hear enough good stories about these nfl players certainly russell's another good good person uh as far as the running backs go Rashard penny obviously the first round pick um i 
you know, and there's some Chris Carson buzz out there. I, I don't really believe it. I I put more stock in the fact that this Seattle team spent a first-round pick on Penny. I think the volume is going to be there, uh, but those people that really like yards per carry are not going to like him. So, that, you know, there's, there's a certain sect of people. I'm not going to name any names, but there's a certain sect of people who like to hammer that home, and it's not going to be there. There's going to be some uh, – some negative plays, so to speak, from Penny. And I'm not sure how they incorporate him into the passing game. Um, if you own Chris Carson or CJ Proces, I, I just, I say good luck. I just don't know. I really, you really can't expect huge things out of these two after what we've seen so far. Yes, Carson has shown some promise, uh, but, this guy couldn't even win the starting running back job at Oklahoma State. So why do you think he can be a, a you know like a top ten, top twelve fantasy running back? I just don't see that. I think he's a, a good complimentary piece, but I just don't see him ever as a starter. Um, obviously we'll see Doug Baldwin at some point this year, and I think even if he misses like four games, he he'll probably still lead this team in targets. He's he's just that good. I'm. I'm Pretty upset with myself. I sold him when I did a couple years ago after his really big season, but uh, he he's he's going to be the cream of the crop. Uh, I'm going to go on on a short limb right now and say Brandon Marshall will not make this team. Therefore, we don't need to really talk about him that much. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I'd rather take like two or three shares of Jordy Nelson than have uh have one share of Brandon Marshall at this point. So I just don't. Uh, I just don't think he's going to make this team and we're, you know, we're going to see another, like a, like I said earlier, like a Reggie Wayne situation where he's just, I mean, Marshall's been on enough teams in his career. And this is, this was a, an olive branch thrown by Seattle just to, just to maybe make the fans happy just to see, but I just don't think he makes this team. Uh, but I am also probably leading the Jaron Brown uh, bandwagon right now. I'm, I'm proudly uh, uh, whipping that pony and keeping it running. So um no offense to uh, horses. I don't want PETA coming after us. Um, at least it's your show and not mine, right, Randy? Um, Josh what? said it, not me. <laughs> Repeat, that was Josh. <laughs> uh, but Jaron Brown, what a great story. Former undrafted free agent out of Clemson. He set career highs in all categories last season. Dude is six foot three. Coming out of college, he was a four 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 forty guy. Uh, also six eight two six two six. Two, excuse me, six eight two on the three cone, so he's got some moves, and I think Russell's really gonna embrace that and and see what he could do. I think he would be an upgrade as opposed to what we saw Curse do in this uh, offense a few years back. I think we'll, we can see some really good things out of Jaron Brown. Um, I also really love Tyler Lockett, but I, I I'm willing to put my chips in the brown basket over Lockett, at least for this season. Uh, Lockett is, is a strong kid when healthy. And honestly, that's, that's really what has limited his potential so far. Um, and I just don't know if Seattle gives him enough snaps this year for him to really be a, a guy that you can trust every week. So I'm a little concerned there. Um, this tight end situation is kind of a dumpster fire. Uh, like most tight end situations or just the, the fantasy situation as a whole. Ed Dixon is the veteran. Uh, maybe he can provide some red zone help. Nick Vanette is also there. Um, 
Ohio State guy, so he knows how to play the position. He knows how to block. That's going to keep him on the field. I actually really like taking the flyer on uh, Will Disley in like t- uh, tight end premium leagues. I think uh, this team's been a fourth-round pick on him. Uh, you know, when a team takes a player from the state that they are in, they generally give these guys a little bit more latitude, a little more chances. I mean, we see this with, you know, every year Dallas fills their rosters with guys from Texas San Antonio, Texas A&M, even like Oklahoma, LSU. Every year teams do that, just fill their rosters with kind of regional, because they, they really scout their regional talent. And it's always a good story for them to preach to their fan base too. So I think, I think Disley, you I mean, I expect nothing from him this year, but I think he could eventually, you know, grow into kind of a move tight end and a, and a really a nice piece that makes this offense flow. So he, he's, it's a deep dive there in Disley, but uh, uh, I still, I still, I still like him tight end premium leagues. He's certainly a guy to uh, take a flyer on. Cause I know he's available in your league unless you're in a league with uh, LJ of the Debbie watch. <laughs> Yeah, he is a he is a Seattle fan. I'll, I'll go around the the sea the sea birds real quick. I'm with you on Russ. I think he's great. I think he is my QB two overall in the entire league. The only one I would take ahead of him is Aaron Rodgers, but I know his cost and I'm cheap. So I'm, I'm always looking for value. I'm looking for players that I can get in and build out equity and flip for a, a big return. So not a big return, but or a return. I'm with you on the backfield. I'm not a huge Rashad Penny guy, but if you're looking for a window to sell Chris Carson, hello, this is it. Time to cash out, move on. <laughs> and you might not have to look any further than the Rashad Penny owner. You know, that guy may have drafted Penny. I traded Penny in the one league where I had him. I traded him straight up for Zach Ertz. And so if I had Chris Carson, I'd be looking at that penny owner going, hey, buddy, you know, you need someone to start the first few weeks. Here's Chris Carson. Isn't he awesome? And maybe you can uh, cash out and move on from that. Wide receivers, I love Doug Baldwin. I'm hoping that this is, you know, with Tyler Lockett being further removed from the injury, that this will be the year. But, you know, I hope Doug Baldwin's out there. We talked about him in the news, so not a whole lot more to cover. And then, yeah, I'm with you. I don't mind an Ed Dixon share here or there in tight end premium. If, uh, you know, you're a contender and he's out there on the wire, well, what the heck? There's uh, worse flyers you can take because uh, Russell Wilson made immobile old Jimmy Graham look like a thing last year, and this team's going to need receiving options, especially in the red zone. So someone's got to catch them Russell Wilson touchdowns. But, listen, we're, we're getting close to time, but I, I did promise the folks a uh, rookie IDP mock draft. So as the good host that I try to be, I'm going to give you uh, the first pick. So who do you got at the 101 in a rookie IDP mock draft? You're really going to put me on the spot here, huh? Um, so I, obviously, um, I try not to do too much analysis here, but the top two guys are Roquan Smith and Traymon Edmonds. And it, it's really a situational-based thing for me. If you're, you know, on the cusp of really making a serious run, I'm I'm going to go Roquan Smith. But if you're if you're building for the future, if you know your team's, you know, maybe going to make the playoffs this year or just going to miss, and just be honest with yourself, you know, don't don't everybody loves their team in the offseason. Just be honest with yourself. But if you're if you're struggling and you think you might not make the playoffs this year, Edmonds is your pick. So, um. 
I'm going to go just on pure talent and size alone. And I just think Edmonds might be a little more durable throughout his career. So I'm going to go with, uh, with Edmonds. And again, because he's on a team that's probably not going to win a lot of games this year, they're going to be running the ball a lot against them. So Edmonds might have himself a, a whole lot of tackles this year. So give me a uh, Tremaine Edmonds. That's a that's a good pick, and yeah, you you already mentioned mine. I'm going Roquan Smith. It, it's that simple. There there's a clear tear break there, and I like Roquan Smith. I knew the Colts weren't going to take a linebacker at the the six overall, but he was someone that I would have loved to see with a horseshoe on his helmet. But uh, you're up you're up with the number three. Okay, I'm gonna I want to throw a throw a wrench in the machine, and I never do this. I never do this, but I I. I want my guy, and I want and I want Derwin James. I would never take a lot in an IDP only situation. I almost would never take not take a not take a linebacker in the top five picks. But I want Derwin because if he's healthy, this kid is just going to be amazing. So I don't I don't want to miss out on uh, a Derwin James. Uh, you know, Landon Collins, Darren Woodson. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be that good. I really like him as like a Darren Woodson comparison, the old cowboy there. So I think, uh, and there's just so much that he can do. So I give me uh, give me Derwin James because I just don't want to miss out on him. You know, and and even though you and I are ping ponging back and forth of these draft picks, I want to make sure that we make that clear, guys. That's some of the best draft advice I can give you, whether it's a startup, a rookie, whatever. Get your guy. Don't worry about what the ADP says. If you have a feeling and, and you have an educated opinion and that's who you want and you don't think that person's coming back to you, take him. Because more than likely, you're right. And then you know what? That's part of part of playing fantasy football is having guys on your team that you want to watch and you want to root for. So, you know, Derwin James is your guy. Get your guy. And I talked earlier about how I'd like to get Roquan Smith in a Colts helmet. i tell you who I'm pretty excited about, and that's Darius Leonard. Uh, of the Colts. He is making plays all over the field. Uh, this is a team that's probably going to be behind a little bit, as I think the defense will have some growing pains. But I like these pieces, so I'm going to go Darius Leonard. Okay. Uh, pretty easy choice for me to go back to the linebacker position, too. And uh, Rayshon Evans, um, I think he fell into a really good situation there. He's got got a year, year or two to learn with Wesley Woodyard, and I think I think after after Woodyard leaves, we're just going to see this kid become an absolute monster. He's going to be good this year, uh, but uh, two three years from now, he's going to be electric. So I, I'm really 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 excited for him and happy for my uh, friends that are Tennessee fans because I think they got a good good piece there in Rashawn Evans. Yeah, as a Colts fan, I'll get to see him a couple of times a year. Uh, now, this next person, he's currently his designation from what I can see on my fantasy league is as a safety, but on the draft sheet that I'm going off of, he has a listing as linebacker safety. So if he were to get the linebacker designation, his value would go up, and I believe that's Tremaine Edward, Edmonds' brother, and that's Terrell Edmonds of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I, it might be a hair early for him, but I just yeah. I just love the talent and – the lineage that this kid comes from. so And I like the team. Pack, uh, excuse me, the Steelers usually have a pretty good defense. They need some playmakers on that side of the ball, losing Ryan Shazier. Yes. Pretty easy for me. I'll go with uh, Terrell Edmonds versus his brother Tremaine. Okay, yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, you almost want them not to – MFL doesn't change 
designations in season. But if he breaks as a safety and plays as a linebacker, that would be huge. We had that with Mark Barron a few years ago, and he was he was dropping like 30, 40 points in some of the crazy league scoring systems that I was in. So definitely a situation to monitor there. Um, technically, I'm going to go by my rankings. I think Leighton Vander Esch would be the next player. And there was some weird injury buzz around him from the draft. Um, but I, I've actually heard not not a whole lot of negativity about him right now. So I'm going to go – I'll stick with Leighton Vander Esch. I think uh, he steps into a good situation there in Dallas. Uh, certainly other talented linebackers are there. So he's going to have to compete for his with his own guys uh, for tackles. But Dallas seems to be bringing in a lot of defensive linemen. So I think they're going to have a nice – rotation there and a nice uh a nice uh pocket pushing front four so i think uh there'll be plenty to clean up for these linebackers so give me a uh, leighton vander esch who coincidentally is a former high school quarterback so those guys that used to play quarterback in high school are even if it was just high school they they just generally have a little bit more football iq so i i, I like that i like that when they have that in their background no, that's a that's a good call, and I, I I'm I don't call this guy a reach because he's ranked in the top ten, but I'm gonna go Jerome Baker in Miami, um, kind of for the same reason when you talked about Tremaine Edmonds and that I think this team's gonna be behind a lot, and teams are gonna be trying to run the ball on him, and I think he can rack up some tackles and have an impact as a rookie, so at the 108 I'm gonna go with Jerome Baker from the Miami Dolphins. Okay. I'm not going to say that I'm right and you're wrong about Jerome Baker, uh, but I just feel like because of what he is or what he was in college, I feel like he might be a little bit more of a coverage linebacker in the NFL. And I think that's going to limit his tackle opportunities so that he's certainly a guy that I'm not on. I think there'll be opportunity for snaps, but I just don't know if we're going to see a lot of IDP production. Jerome Baker, obviously good, good fast player coming out of Ohio State, but I'm just not quite sure he's going to be huge for IDP purposes, unfortunately. So, um, no, no disrespect. That's just how I feel about. Uh, nope, you're the. That's why I have. That's why I decided to do that IDP rookie draft with you is because you're the IDP guy, and this is my first year doing IDP. So, thank you for the input. Let's go to the 109, and we'll wrap up the first round, and maybe we'll put a second round on Twitter for these folks. All right. Well, um, going by my rankings again, I, I, I've already shied a little bit away and I reached on Derwin, but, uh, cause he's my guy and you, you told me it was okay. So I did it. Um, and there's some, we've already had some designation talk. Um, Bradley Chubb went to Denver. He's going to be an outside linebacker. You know, it's it's a, it, it was a sad moment in IDP world, but it's not he's not going to be an outside linebacker forever. He's not going to be an outside linebacker his whole career. Denver's going to get a new coach eventually because they're going to suck again, right? Raiders fan talking here. Um, <laughs> but they they will have some turnover, and the, you know maybe they decide he wants they want to play him even in their current three four at defensive end. So I just don't know if that designation is set in stone and unfortunately edge rushers 
designations are never set in stone, and that's kind of one of the risks you have in IDP. But the talent is just way too much for me to not take him. Uh, I had I took him in an IDP only draft. Uh, we have an IDP only league with some of the IDP guys here at DFF, and uh, I took him in the second round. And if I was to tell you pre-draft that I got Bradley Chubb in the second round of an IDP only draft, you'd say I was crazy just because the talent is there. Obviously, with those edge guys, there's always that risk of they become an outside linebacker. But uh, I just there's so much talent there. He's playing opposite Von Miller, and Von Miller. He, though he's kind of just a sack machine, he's over the last couple of years, he's become more of a complete player. And I, I really see that. And besides Vaughn Miller, I think Bradley Chubb might be the best defender on this team already. So I, there's just too much talent to me to avoid taking him. I think I got, he's a lot of people's number one defensive player in this draft. So I, I, you got to risk it and who knows what could happen. Even at, even at linebacker. No, and I will uh, I will go to Miami again, and I'm gonna go Minka Fitzpatrick. I think kind of like you mentioned with some of the other guys that he could be listed as a safety, but could end up playing a little bit of a little bit of everywhere. I like his college lineage. I like you know the fact that he was a first round NFL draft capital. So I'm gonna go with Minka at the 110. So give us your last pick of the first round. I'll give you mine, and we'll uh, we'll take this thing home. Okay. The one thing I do like about Minka is you don't see this very often. Nick Nick Saban trusted him as a true freshman to play a very big role in that defense. Um, I'm not a huge Minka fan personally, but that there's there's definitely something there. I just don't see dominant upside, but he's going to be a very solid uh, player for years to come. Um, sorry, I lost my rankings here. Okay. I'm going to go with Justin Reed um, only because I think he makes a better I- impact this year. And I could make your next pick for you, but I won't. I'll, I'll let you do it. Um, I, I just think there's more of an opportunity for Justin Reed in Houston this year, um, as opposed to Rodney Harrison for Jacksonville. I think Rodney's going to be way too good for them to keep off the field, but I'm going to go with Justin Reed because I think he's going to make uh, more of an impact. And if I'm picking, Towards the end of the first round, that's because I had a good team last year, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the guy that has more of an instant impact. Reed can play the nickel, he can play free safety, he can play strong safety. There's a lot that they can do with this guy. Unbelievable talent, very high football IQ, and and I really can't pass up on him. All right, well, I'll make my last one quick. Uh, I'm gonna go with Marcus Davenport of the Saints. They put a lot of draft capital. They traded up and. Moved future picks. I think he'll be more of a rotational play. Uh, I'm not a huge defensive end guy, but to your point, if I were actually drafting at the 112, I had a good team last year, which means I probably have got pretty good starters in place, and I can give this this kid a year on my taxi squad. So it was between him and Fred Warner of the 49ers. Because I'm a big linebacker guy, because linebackers are where you you really rake up points in a lot of IDP leagues. So, well, thank you for that draft. Maybe you and I off air because we got to get this one home. It's getting a little long, but maybe we can do a round two and we'll get it out there on Twitter sometime in the next week before uh, any more IDP. So before I I let you go, I want to ask you one thing. I I did this segment a couple weeks ago, and it wasn't on the pre-recorded, we'll call it the the mystery 
AFC West show with JD, but things in Dynasty that chap your ass. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you one for, for me that chaps my ass is Dynasty Leagues where there's a group chat and there's not a whole lot of chat. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're so busy, and, and I respect that, you got to make a living, you got to pay the bills, you got to keep the lights on, because if you don't pay your bills, they will shut your lights off and your phone and everything else, the internet. And, but if you're a dynasty player, you're the hardest of the hardcore. If you want to be a redraft player and play with your work buddies, hey, that's cool. But when you're in a dynasty league, you you know, that's more of a commitment. It's year-round, and, you know, you just can't show up in, in j- mid-July and disappear again as the season kicks off and show up for the rookie draft and then disappear again. If, if you're going to be in Dynasty, be in Dynasty. It chaps my ass when you join Dynasty Leagues and you're not an active owner. Uh, Josh, real quick on the way out, tell us what chaps your ass about Dynasty and then uh, tell the people where they can find you, your show, and we'll get out of here. All right. Uh, one one point to what, what you were saying there. If you, I think if you're a Dynasty commissioner, don't try to talk somebody into your dynasty league if they don't fully understand it. Maybe they're a redraft player and they got four kids or something like that. You know, don't, don't say, Oh, you'll, you'll love it. You know, it's way better than redraft. Don't, don't try to force anybody in it. Cause that's, I think that's when that kind of happens. A um, couple things that chat my ass real quick. When people update their trade bait and put their whole damn team on there. Okay. We get it. Everybody's available, but that doesn't help me try to make you a trade offer because it, it doesn't narrow it down for me. I don't think it helps anybody when you do that. I, I, I just, that just really frustrates me. I know, I know some, some good friends of mine that do that, but I just, I just doesn't help me at all. I mean, I want, I want to know who you want to move. Uh, conversely, I don't get when I update my trade bait, I, and then I immediately get trade offers for somebody not in my trade bait. What's that about? I, I have uh, I have been there on both. So real quick, tell us where the people can find you, your podcast, your co-host. Give us everything real quick, and uh, I'll play us out. All right. You can find me at DFF underscore COG on Twitter. You can find the show at Rookie Fever, all one word. And then you can find my girl Stephanie, the co-host of the Rookie Fever podcast, at DFF underscore Stephanie. And that's Stephanie with an A-I. She tells me she's the only person in the world that spells it that way. And I'm inclined to believe her because she's a good co-host. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, man, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on, talking a little IDP bonus in a one-round rookie mock. We'll get some more out there for you. And, guys, if you're new to IDP like me, you got to have resources. And that, that's what I use Josh for. He's an IDP mastermind. You, just, you heard him breaking down his rookie picks versus mine. Uh, I always say doctors need doctors, and you know I, I'm, I'm big into dynasty and fantasy football, but I'm learning a new part of the craft as well. So, on behalf of Josh, who I thank very much, you can find me at DFF Memphis. You can find the show at Dynasty Warzone, and uh, I will see you all next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.